You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekend 6 is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl, where we react to the games played today, Saturday, of Match Week 3 in the Premier League. Now, we saw the, a lot of the big clubs play today, Rob, and, and, and to be honest, I was a little bit underwhelmed uh, in that, but we'll get to all of them. We'll also preview Monday's huge game, Manchester United versus Spurs, but let's start with the first game today Wolves Wolves 1 Manchester City 1 um, and what were your bigger picture thoughts of this game Robbie Earl? Um, a, bit, a little bit like yourself Robbie it wasn't a, a sterling day for the bigger teams whether we have a little bit of World Cup hangover whether there's a little bit of rhythm to pick up sort of three weeks in, into the season Um I think my bigger picture thought will be that Manchester City might not quite reach the levels they reached last season uh, across the course of the season. It was magnificent, um, 100 points, 106 goals, the, the, the wins um, and everything they did last season might not quite be, be at the same level. Um, as we know, this league is always one that can create a story that anybody can beat anybody on the day. But I don't think we should go down or start thinking about running down the road that City are going to be up there and, and are going to be still be the team to beat because I think they are. Um, there were a the couple of things that certainly Pep will want to address. Might be the kind of resulting performance that gives a coach like Pep more ammunition to get these players working harder and doing things on the training ground. Um, but, you know, no, no huge drama for me at the Etihad. Uh, despite them dropping the first point of the season. I mean, Pep Guardiola afterwards looked pretty miserable, actually. Pretty down. Mm. And maybe some of that's the performance and probably some of it is some of the refereeing decisions. I mean, I think most people that have seen yeah. these decisions, Rob, when you look at the uh, Willy Bolly handball for the Wolves goal, I think it's pretty obvious that that was missed by the yeah. officials and that VAR would certainly have, have, have claimed that uh, as or reverse that, this, the, um, the, the, well, the no call on that. And then the it David Silver yeah. situation, Rob, with the, the challenge from behind. Mm. Again, we had Mark, Mark Clattenberg, the former uh, top, top referee in our studio today Day, and yeah. he thought both of these were actually mistakes that, that hurt Manchester City and David Silva should have had a penalty. Now, with that, with the fact that Manchester City hit woodwork, if you like, three times in the game yeah. and those decisions, this could have been a different result. Just firstly, quickly, Rob, you, oh, yeah. you, you have nothing, yeah. you have nothing, no, and, and those decisions, you agree that they were mistakes, correct? Yeah, it, it, it happens, Rob, and I think one of the things Pep did in his first year was had a look at the league and probably had a look at refereeing and maybe some decisions, there was certain situations, whether it be 
the physical nature of play, you know, boot, uh, people catching players with the boots, the, 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 the sense of tackles. Mm. I think Pep's kind of understood that, listen, this is English football and things are done very differently. Um, referees don't make bad decisions on purpose. If some come up, come your way, you have to accept them. Some go for you in, in, in that. Of course, if you look at, at the detail, you down to the detail of today, you know the the, the handball for, for Wolves is, is pretty clear in the David Silver foul. Again, you can't see what how that wouldn't have been spotted. And we go back to the the elephant in the room, the VAR, and you know clear and obvious uh, errors. Those two would have would have would have stood up. But we're not in VAR land at the moment. We're in we're in real land, and, and Manchester City didn't get the points. And, and I don't think Pep would want to use just the referee's excuse. It wasn't a great Manchester performance, and that will probably worry him more because that's the bit that he can control and coach better and get his team to, to play better. He can't really coach referees to do their job any better. Do you think there's any concern, Rob, with that performance? Just just in terms of the, the thing that we all know is so difficult for Premier League teams to do is to regain the Premier League title, yeah. to be as hungry, yeah. to be as excited, to get that momentum that I think we've all... We all saw last season and we all kind of relived it a little bit with this excellent documentary yeah. that's been about Manchester City um, mm-hmm. uh, we've all watched over the last the last week or so. So yeah. you know, anything psychologically that, that Pep will be worried about where he has repeated before in previous clubs that he might see yeah. a little bit in this performance. I mean, before that, I mean, they did a pretty good job. 6-1 mm-hmm. in the last game against Huddersfield. But is there anything yeah. in it where he might just fear that this team can't quite get to the same 100% maximum effort and intensity to do a similar job as last season? Um, again, I'll point to the World Cup and players coming back and where they are in terms of level of fitness and training being important. We'll point it to Kevin De Bruyne, which we said you're going to miss somebody of that ability. Um, things like the documentary and that, I think, a sideshow, the gossip, which I think he can refocus his team on. So, not overly, I'm not going to get overly dramatic or worried about those things, Rob. I think when you see how the guy works, when you see the quality of player, when you see the competition for places, there will and can be no complacency. The focus will be there because you'll be dropped out of the team. There's another international player waiting for your spot. Mm. And as we know with Manchester, they'll just grind on and get results with or without you. So... No, I'm not getting the concerns maybe some might or people may want to jump to conclusions after dropping points away, um, dropping points in a game against Wolves, which I think Wolves will have the days. We saw them that first day when when the fans get behind them, when there's a bit of Mm. um, atmosphere in and around that that ground. And Nuno, I suppose, Burrito has got his team playing well. Listen, they're, they're, they're going to take points off, off other teams um, at Molyneux this season. Yeah. And, and just on the other impact of this result, it's going to mean that other teams, and yeah. we'll talk about Liverpool and others, that, mm. that could get, you know, a, a psychological boost to, to like, wow, yeah. you know, they're, they're not going to go and, and just run this whole league and, and beat every team mm. every week. And that other teams will allow some momentum. Is that something, again, that Pep is going to be ready for? Are the players ready for a situation where they're actually off of the pace? You know, I know it's early. I know it's three games. I know it's not that many points. Mm. But they're used to being at the yeah. top. They're used to leading and dominating. It, I guess my right. question to you is, Rob, how much of a boost does this give to other teams that are, they're going to fight for the title? 
Listen, anybody who was playing and including Liverpool, we certainly get on to talk to after, will have, looked, will have heard the result, will have known they've dropped points and will say, listen, this is our chance. Just like when Manchester City were on that fantastic run early on last season, we were going, another win, another win, and everybody starts talking about a gap. Then, listen, we're three weeks into the season, we're starting to just see the formation of a table and, and tables come out, and it's far better to be sitting top, and it's far rather to have a little points gap uh, this days than not. And I think that's what other teams will do. But, con- but uh, contrary to that, I'm sure Pep's talking to, to, to his players. We, we, we've seen uh, reports of documentaries that are out at the moment, how he talks to his players, mm. how he mote them, how he'll be saying, look at all the other teams who want to sit top of the table and take your place, and if you're going to allow them, he'll use it as a motivator, Robert, and that's going to be important. My other slide, if I could say a little concern that just creeps in, and I'm starting to think about it as I was watching the game and seeing it play out, is yes, it was a handball situation for Wolves, and that's a given, but two weeks consecutively now, last week it didn't, it didn't have an influence against uh, Huddersfield, today again, set-piece goal, Rob, it's caught them out. It caught them a couple of times last season, and I just start to wonder if you know, everybody's looking for a chink in the arm. Everybody's looking for a way to play against pep te- teams. If we can nullify things and make it a set-piece game, you work hard on those, you have your big targets, you work a couple of set-piece moves. Is that something that Manchester City are going to have to look at and address and make sure they do that as well as they keep possession, as they rotate the ball, as they play on the front foot and make chances? Might that just be a little mm. sort of... A, um, gap that, that people are starting to see and a little weakness they, they maybe can look to, to counter with City. All I'm saying is two set-piece goals in two weeks. One was a handball today, but uh, similar situations, losing headers in, in the box are not a good thing. Yeah, I think I think that's something that we, we might see um, that, that, that they try to improve um, but they usually dominate possession so much that, that that's kind of rarely yeah. a deciding factor. Just a quick line before we go to break, Rob, on, on Wolves. Um, and I thought they were really good today. And, and Nuno talked yeah. about this system, this 3-4-3, three, three, that he is never going to change from. He is never going to go yeah. away from it. And today was a great yeah. test in terms of, OK, let's mm. see this system against a team that absolutely probes and tries to find a way through players, through lines of players. I thought, just quickly, mate, I thought they played well today. What did you think? Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, when, he, when he said it to his Rob at the start of the season, I thought, A, that's brave, and B, that's a little bit foolish, because he will change, I'm sure, at some point against some teams. But he's pretty adamant, and he's looked like he's worked different scenarios with his team when they've got the ball, when they haven't, when teams maybe are direct. When, from every shape that the opposition play, from every type of football that the opposition play, he feels he's got to look the solution with the system. More importantly, it looks like his players are comfortable trying to find that solution with, with this problem. So, I think we saw enough in that first day against Everton, Rob, that a yeah. um, little bit of nerves uh, started in the first 20 minutes of the game, but when they get it down, when they get it, when they play, with Neves and, and, and Matinho controlling midfield and, and, and the kind of quality they, they've got in that team, do you know what? I think they're going to be okay, Wolves. I don't think they're going to be the eighth that people were talking about fighting for, for those yeah. places, but yeah. anything uh, above 17 is what they, they should be looking for this season, yeah. and I think with Nuno and that system ingrained in the players, mm. I think they, I think they're going to be okay. Okay, my friend, we are going to talk uh, Liverpool Brighton next. You are listening mm. to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back after this. We were gone for what seems like minutes, but thankfully we're back. 
Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, even though the Manchester City got a point today and weren't particularly scintillating, Liverpool got the win today whilst not being scintillating against a Brighton team that's full of confidence. Of course, from last weekend's win against Manchester United, 3-2. They made a couple of changes, Robbie, in this game. Pascal Gross sat onto the bench. Eve Busuma, the $18 million young uh, 21-year-old midfield player, came in to make it a little bit stiffer. He's starting to see some of those new players now coming into this Brighton lineup. Leon Balogun, the central defender played in for Lewis Dunk and, and Johan Batsch and other players uh, Lacardia new signings are just starting to come through for Brian now and Chris Hewton and he pretty much approached this game the way we, th- he, thought he-, we thought he would uh, a really good shape yeah. strong shape um, good attitude but Liverpool found a way to win the game through a goal from Mo Salah who else yeah. but it, it <sighs> I mean, there's a lot of positives today, Rob, for Liverpool in terms of defensive part of it. And we'll chat about what differences there are to that area of the field for Liverpool now. But something didn't quite feel as, it, as I'd expect from a Liverpool team at Anfield. Great atmosphere in the first few moments, but they never really hit the heights of what we're used to. What do you think? Are you, yeah. are you concerned about that? Or is it actually a good sign no, that they can win, it. not playing Absolutely brilliant? I loved it. No, I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> it was cheering that they didn't play well because... In the past couple of seasons, in the past decade, when Liverpool don't play particularly well and they have an off day, they draw that game or sometimes they've lost it. Mm. This Liverpool group didn't play anything like the stellar Liverpool we know. It wasn't a super exciting front three tearing defence apart. wasn't loads of midfield control and energy and intensity and verb. But it was, and, and, and I don't like the phrase with Liverpool, because or I don't think it particularly says it wasn't an ugly win, but it was an important mm. Premier League win on a day when you didn't play that well. And in the past, Rob, Liverpool haven't played that well, and it's the reason why they've never been yeah. in title races. Yeah. It's the reason why they've struggled to get into Champions League, because on big days, when the excitement's there and they have to get onto it, you fancy Liverpool against anybody on the day mm. but when, when it's not their day like last season they beat Man City one week and the following week they lose to Swansea well it looks to me like some of that's cleared out in three straight wins three straight clean sheets you get Mo Salah on the score sheet again um, ridiculous uh, goal you, Brighton giving them a slight incentive with a short uh, free kick routine I don't know what they're doing James Milner flies in who was ex- outstanding I thought again James Milner mm. to nick the ball to get it to Salah to score the goal and mm. in the end that's enough and I think in USA terms Rob the thing's called defence defence <laughs> Liverpool have got one now all yeah. of a sudden yeah. it looks like Liverpool can have a reliance on a back four unit and a goalkeeper that's going to keep them in game. I'll tell you what I thought was different as well and good different. We said a lot over the last few years with Jurgen Klopp that that Liverpool at their best when they're 100 miles an hour and they're nowhere near as Mm. effective when they're not flying at the game. Great energy, intensity, speed, attacking. Well, today was very different. It was all about control. We've Mm. we've kind of criticised Liverpool again for not having great game management in terms of possession. Well, they had that today. The only thing... Now, I'm not concerned about it, but what 
was what was different is that Firmino, Salah, and Sadio Mane, they were incredibly mm. narrow. I, I'd have to say more yeah. narrow than I've seen over recent seasons. And the flow, the interchange, wasn't quite there. Have you seen anything different in terms of their setup? I mean, we're used to seeing Mane and Salah at some point uh, in the game yeah. go wide, to receive the ball, and then combine. Very, very narrow. Mane and some width from those yeah. wide, who stretch that back four, and then they start their run. Yeah, and then they come way. inside. It's almost yeah. like they're playing a narrower three, often rotating positions, you know, so Salah comes inside. But it's into bodies, Rob, isn't it? It's into congestion when they're that narrow. Yeah, and, and the width comes from Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah. and Andrew Robertson in some yeah. respects, although it's almost like a five when they get possession to three down the centre of the pitch and, and the width coming from those guys. Now, again, I think I would prefer Mo Salah closer to me with more bodies into traffic than I would when he gets that starting from the wide position. He makes that run inside the centre-back and full-back and he starts flying in there. Then, then I think yeah. you've got all kinds of problems. Yeah. So... I don't know if that's a little tweak. We saw a little bit of it last week against Palace, Rob, yeah. and Liverpool, the penalty. Uh, yeah, they, they forced a way to be effective inside. Yeah. Today, he gets the goal, Salah scores the goal. Um, be interesting if this is a feature for the season or it's just something he's tweaking with at the moment because, mm. as you say, I think they're slightly less effective the narrower they get. Because I think as a back four, if we all come narrow and we can see them in front of us and we're tight, if I don't win the ball, I'm hoping my teammate who's not that far away from me can get a nibble on it as well. Another thing that was interesting today was the goalkeeper, Alisson. And a few moments with back passes that he was very casual, effective just about, Mm. but it looked a little bit dodgy. It was funny because afterwards, Jurgen Klopp was asked about the goalkeeper. Here's his reaction. Your goalkeeper, Alisson, that bit of intricate skill that he did outside his penalty area. Um, what's your heart rate like when he's doing that? Uh, for sure, I need to get used to that, to be honest. Um, it was uh, two situations. One, he was not responsible for um, It was a bad pass. So the little chip he did was quite um, exciting. Um, and I don't need that, but um, I said it to your colleague before. I never had a Brazilian goalkeeper before, so maybe I need to get used to that as well. What, hmm. what do you think, son? Interesting reaction from the manager. I saw <laughs> the game, Robin, and, and, and I was making a few notes knowing we were doing the show tonight. And, and my, kind of my one thought was, Alisson was, was, don't try and be too clever in this league. Listen, be, it's great. he's a great shot stopper, there's no doubt. Hmm. He's good with his feet, that's fine, as we've seen with Edison. But we don't need to, he doesn't need to overdo it. He doesn't need to show us he's a great footballer. He doesn't, I don't think we need to see the tricks and flicks. I think what Liverpool have required, Mignolet and, and Carriers have, have not quite been at the level. We need a solid, steady goalkeeper. Liverpool look to have that. I just don't want Alisson to want to start to show these he's a Brazilian goalkeeper and he can do a lot more than, than he's seen with his feet. Because that's not necessary. Just mm. do what's required and show as you're a good goalkeeper. And at times, I don't want to be talking about you. I don't want you to be the headline. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of funny, the, uh, the real casual, I mean, confident approach of yeah. whenever the ball, now not just today, by the way, we've seen this before, mm. where balls have been rolled back, yeah. he puts his foot, his studs on top of the ball, he has a little look up, he passes it, and it's been good. But it's almost like, not that I saw this coming, but like the confidence is such that that, that, that today wasn't a huge surprise to me. I think Jurgen Klopp no. um, well, well, is not going to want to see that. In, in one as well, didn't he, in the game? And I thought, hmm, you might encourage one or two more of those if you start trying to be a yeah. bit too clever. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, of course, we saw a great uh, save after that. Um, he looks very yeah. safe and secure off his line a few times brilliantly, but he's got to be a little bit careful that. And Jurgen Klopp might just have a quiet word in his ear going forward about, you know, just be careful with your feet. But we'll take a break. Robbie Earl will be back with another big team that weren't that brilliant today, but got a victory 3-1. Arsenal versus West Ham is next. And you're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back after this. And now, now the Two Robbies Football Show. Online or with the app. You, you, you can find us anywhere. NBC Sports Radio. And NBCSportsRadio.com. Because our game never stops. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. Now let's move to North London, my friend. Arsenal 3, West Ham United 1, and a very welcomed first Premier League victory for Unai Emery. I'm sure he feels much better about it. I have to say, it's a bit of a tough watch at the moment. I know they won and they got the goals a little bit later on. They felt better in the second half, but it still looks a real struggle a, a real labour if you like to find those patterns the, the, the attacking rhythms and I guess it's going to take a little bit of time for the players uh, to get used to, to the tactics or whatever I just thought individually in the first half you know Mkhitaryan Aaron Ramsey Aubameyang didn't get much play uh, Iwobi didn't do a lot I'm, I'm not a fan of Granite Xhaka considering some of the other players that could play Genduzi was energetic and youthful in midfield um, but they did find a little bit more form in the second half Rob they get the 3-1 victory Welbeck coming on I I just think okay enough now enough of the the loyalty to to players that you'd expect to be in this starting lineup he's Mm. got to start bringing other players in that are chomping at the bit whether that's Lacazette for a start um, whether whether it's Danny Welbeck whether it's Lucas Torreira I think everybody wants to see get into their midfield I mean again we we have to balance patience with what we see and all I'll say is this mate there's a lot of work to do for Unai Emery at, at Arsenal right now I think I've said it, uh, I don't know whether it's a private conversation, but I'm certainly happy to make it public, Bob. And, and I think I've said when, when we had a discussion on Unai Emery in Arsenal, I think there's a season-long's worth of work before we can even start to, to, to think of seriously judging this guy. And, and you hit what well, I've got the three Ps. Patience being the first one. This football club has seen such a huge change. Mm. There's so much difference. There, there's so many parts to fit in, so many things to work out that I just don't think on a weekly basis we can be making any kind of conclusions. Then come the other two Ps, and, and that is points and performances. And in a way, you kind of, I'm kind of battled with what's most important to Arsenal. And right now, I think his points, having played Man City and Chelsea, nothing from the first two weekends. You get to this weekend, you need to get... To, almost want to get some points on the yeah. board to yeah. to get you going they got that it wasn't a great performance um, having gone a goal down slightly got better into the second half but there was a period when the game was in the balance where it wasn't great and Arsenal weren't particularly dominating in some of those areas and personnel you talked about now I think performances will come over time the longer people work the longer their yeah. habits get, get taken on, on board in the training routines and the new way of doing things but I just don't think we're going to be two, three weeks away from now and going, oh, we can see that Unai Emery, I think it's bit by bit and slowly working things out and slowly finding the teams and slowly dealing with some of the issues that might be about whether the personnel are right to do the jobs he wants because he's definitely got a set way of playing. I'm not sure if he's got the set of players he wants 
to do to, to see that out. Well, that's a good point. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Maybe that's affecting individual performances. He's asking these players mm. to do a little bit something different, to be a little bit more compact mm. as a team, to, to come back and help out your defence at times in the midfield players. A big call today. Well, yeah. a call. Meza Ozil didn't start this game. He wasn't in Ooh. the squad at all. Aaron Ramsey mm. played in the number 10 position. Um, now, it's reports and reports only um, that there's there's yeah. another illness. And to be fair, of course, if, if Meza Ozil is ill, we wish him a speedy, speedy recovery. All I would say, Rob, is that the, the illness um, reason, as we've seen it a lot, and there are, there are reports mm. out there that mm. there was a bust-up, a training ground bust-up between Unai Emery and Mesut yeah. Ozil. What, mm. is, this, is this a sign that Emery is going to start making big calls and asking a lot more from his so-called star mm. players? Good, good question, good point. I think, I think my overriding fact here, Robbie Musto, the answer to, to the solution is fish oil tablets. They've got to get his immune system better because honestly, every time that he doesn't yeah. play a game, he's yes, got an helps. illness. Yeah. Or, or there's something more. Or Unai Emery has taken a stronger view and maybe has looked through some tapings, maybe had a fallout about working out off the ball. And there are only reports, I mean, you have to say that, that certainly some of the UK press are suggesting that there was a Friday bust up between the manager and the player, and the player was dropped. It came out as an illness, and that's good management if he wants to do that, save a confrontation. But listen, again, if it is the right reason and, and Unai Emery wants to, to, to put his mark on the football club in the dressing room, absolutely no problem with that, Rob, because that's what new managers have to do in situations. And Mesut Ozil is a conundrum he has to work out. Top play player at the football club, a great talent, but Arsenal aren't getting the best of him. Not getting the best of him with the ball, not getting the best of him without the ball. Do you, is it a case where you don't play him? If you don't play him, what do you do? Do you try and look to sell him? I mean, he's such a big player and could be so important to Arsenal, but the manager has to decide whether he's for him or not. I'm going to make three changes to the starting line at Robbie Earl. Okay, enough of this now. I want to see uh, individuals mm. haven't played well. I'm changing my right back. Yeah. Stefan Licksteiner is a, is a it's a top player. He's a top fullback in brilliant in brilliant condition. Licksteiner is in at right back. Alexander Lacazette's got to play. You play him as a striker, and Aubameyang yeah. plays instead really of Iwobi on the left-hand side. And the final change is an obvious yeah. one. Granit Xhaka, still on the bench, bench for a little wow. while. Lucas Torreira comes in to play alongside uh, Matteo Guendouzi. Mm. So that, you know, uh, they've won 3-1, and yeah. maybe think, it's going to be the same. The managers uh, give, giving players the chance to play themselves out of the team more than in it in, in, that, in this situation? Well, there's, there's, there's three games now, and you can't tell me... That, that those players that I've asked that, that would leave the team have been great and he's got yeah. to get to a point where yeah. wow individuals we've we got to be doing better than that and I think you know, you've know you got new signings mm. there Torreira's chomping at the bit he's 22 years of age the energy the quality the intercepting the, the, the simple passes fans are clapping every time he gets the ball um, I, yeah, I'm not going to go over it again but I just think it's time for a shake up mm. we probably won't see it for the next yeah. game because they've got a 3-1 victory but I think at some point come on let's get a better starting 11 out there because at the moment you know, it's a big win today, but I was just disappointed yeah. with them individually more than anything that we're seeing from the coach right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and looks like this manager doesn't mind making some big decisions. I just want to sort of turn your attention to 
former Arsenal player Jack Wilshere yeah. was wearing the uh, Clarendon blue of West Ham today. How do you think he did, Rob? Uh, apparently, reports say Emery saw 15, 20 minutes of Wilshere. Didn't think he was going to be for him when he joined the football club. Where's Jack's future? And is that part of Emery's kind of stronger um, management of players? Maybe mm-hmm. that Arsene Wenger wouldn't do. Well, it was fascinating today, wasn't it? Because you saw the the direct comparison, Jack Wilshere, the the the. Of course, was was a playmaking, young, dynamic, brilliant midfield player that's moved on to West Ham, and now Genduzi is that guy now for Arsenal. Now, Jack Wilshere was quiet today, Rob. I thought for West Ham United in a team that was wide open. I mean, we know that Mama Pellegrini likes the possession, the footballing side of things. He signed players to do that. I just worry about the team's structure like wow you're going from a team that had a really bad time last year before they were pulled yeah. out of trouble by David Moyes and now you're trying to jump up to an, an area of the league and the money spent to try and the players to get them there I'm not sure the foundation is strong enough now it is Arsenal it is away from home um, but bottom of the league three play three losses minus seven goal difference I just worry a little bit about West Ham United's ability now going forward to play themselves out of trouble because that's the way they're going to try and continue this season with that total football almost it is in nine goals conceded from three games Rob um, not defending great again and I just looked I thought let me have a quick look at their next four fixtures Everton away Man United home Wolves at home Chelsea home some tough fixtures for West Ham ahead, Rob. We, mm-hmm. we could be hitting yeah. sort of the October uh, kind of period, getting into November, with them with very few points. And all of a sudden, we're back to West Ham kind of trauma and, 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 and disruption in the football club again. Yeah, we could be. I mean, it, it, we know what it's like when you get a bad start in this Premier League and you're down towards the bottom. It's a tough, tough place to try and scrap out of. We saw um, uh, last season with Crystal Palace, of course. West Ham will not want that same kind of start. OK, my friend, let's move on now. We'll take a break now. We're going to come back and preview the big game on Monday, Manchester United versus Spurs. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a mo. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, Robbie, let me just go through the remaining fixtures of this match week three. Tomorrow, coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern time on NBCSN. 8.30 kickoff, Watford versus Crystal Palace. There's two games at 11 o'clock Eastern tomorrow that kick off. That's Newcastle versus Chelsea and Fulham versus Burnley. Um... But we want to go forward to Monday and Manchester United host yeah. Tottenham Hotspur in a pretty big game if you're a Manchester United fan because of the start oh, they've had, because up. of the, the week, uh, last Sunday's loss at Brighton mm. 3-2. What are you expecting to see from these United players and the manager for that matter? It's interesting, Rob, because I think the world's eyes are on this Manchester United team. It seems to be out there from people like myself and, and others who are questioning how much hold Jose Mourinho still got over this, this dressing room, this football club, are players going to be prepared to play for them? So, uh, in terms of what I, what I, what I want to see, Rob, is, and, and it's interesting, over the last week I heard of, uh, something that, that, that um, Jose Mourinho said when he basically was talking about his team losing confidence. And I think, I, I just couldn't certainly me a Manchester United team at Brighton away from home losing uh, and losing confidence. So I want to see this team be inspired by the, 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 the shirts and not inhibited. I want to see them play with a freedom. 
and an expression and character uh, without any fear. And, and whether that's attacking, defending, whatever tactical play they want, I just want to see people look like they're enjoying their football. And Rob, you put out a tweet there today, which was really interesting and got plenty of response on Twitter, when, when you said, you know, Manchester United fans asking them, what are you looking for on your team on Monday night? And we got so many responses. I'm going to read a, a couple here. Jay Bahat said three interesting things. He said, effort attitude and attacking football obviously the attacking football is a, a common seed uh, Casey Rolfe said moving off the ball possession's been slow with players relying on Pogba to create so there's a lot of talk about Paul Pogba and what, how important he is to the team yeah and a couple of others as well Soccer Limey says need a win but, m- but more a really positive performance Brighton was a shock not just in terms of the result but also in the actual effort put forth by the players a lacklustre defeat here would be catastrophic Reg Bertrand says a Attacking pressure and ball movement from back to front. And we have a last one here from Gaffer, who simply says, Rob, the sacking of Jose Mourinho. So there's a, just a tiny little cross-section there. But I'll tell you what, you, you talk about a freedom, Rob. You know what? I, I don't expect that. I don't expect a free-flowing, uh, yeah, expansive game from United at home against Spurs. I, and no, I, I just don't think we're going to see that. In inhibition, Rob, Luke Shaw and, and Alexis Sanchez and people like this almost look like they're playing within themselves. I mean, when Paul Pogba comes out as captain and says that my attitude and my team's attitude was not up to scratch, for me, it is astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing. So, you know, all the pressure and Jose's press conference, Rob, I watched um, the last couple of days, it's like us against the world. And we know that Jose loves that. We know he comes out strong. I'm expecting a, a, a feisty Mourinho, a feisty and energetic, a strong Manchester United performance here. Because if we don't get it in yeah. this game when we all should mm. expect that sort of performance of like roll the sleeves up okay last week was not acceptable we're better than that if we don't get that yeah. then I think as one of the, the, the tweets said that's going to be catastrophic I mean we had a chat earlier this week didn't we Rob with all our with all the uh, NBC team about are yeah. this club or is this club sorry in, in crisis and I was like you know what one loss no it's not in crisis just yet but I'll tell you what two games no. it could be it's heading that way, isn't it? It's starting to well, head that way. Well, that's why if, this if game on Monday is such a big game. Or, if you don't get a performance, if you don't get a sense of, of, of things being right between manager and players, win, lose or draw, yeah. I think it, it starts to, to, to... The thing starts to grow. The thing starts to escalate. That things aren't right behind the scenes, things aren't right in the dressing room. Maybe this isn't the right man to take them for. And we say we're, we're three games in, into a league, but... It's, it's a game, you know, United now can't afford to drop. If, if Manchester City weren't sitting at the top of the table, it's Liverpool, they're, they're the biggest rivals. So wherever way they look, these teams who are doing OK and sitting top of tables. And you look at Spurs, Rob. They've won two out of two. If they can win this game, mm. we could be looking at a shift here. We could be looking at one of these. Whoever wins this game, you could argue that United, OK, back on track a little bit, a good performance, a good victory. We can challenge those top teams in this division. If Spurs do it, it's probably even a more powerful statement to say you know what three out of three we've gone to Old Trafford and won the game yeah. we are in a title race we, f- we fancy our chances yeah. in development over the last couple of seasons that we can be that team they haven't been at their best like all the other big teams on the back mm-hmm. of a World Cup but a victory for Spurs you know when, when we starting to see them starting to see them develop starting to see a little bit of a different system i got to say I like Lucas Moore mm-hmm. playing as a striker you know I think there's flexibility tactically now in Spurs that we've not seen yeah. before a three at the back a 
think it was a 3-5-2 in the last game. We saw a 4-4-2 diamond in the first game against uh, Newcastle United. Um, I, I just, mm. you know, they haven't been brilliant, but a victory is a big statement no. for that team as well. I'll tell you what was a big statement as well. When Harry Kane, the Golden Boot winner, comes out, I think 24 years of age now, and says, people have got to stop saying about our age, people have got to stop saying about our potential, mm. people have got to stop saying we've had World Cup winners, World Cup fi- semi-finalists, World Cup quarter-finalists, this is a team that can deliver. I just think of I'm Spurs and your Pochettino, uh, Musto, I think they go to Old Trafford tomorrow to get, uh, on Monday to get all three points and it's going to put real pressure on Jose Mourinho. So, one to look forward to on Monday night. That's it from us. Just time for Tweet of the Day, and that goes to Jay Bahat, who, who quite simply said what he's looking for United is effort, attitude, and attacking football. So, Jay, please make sure you direct messages your address, and we'll get to Robbie's and Scott in the post to you in the next couple of days. So, on a day when Manchester City dropped points at Molyneux, Liverpool go top of the table for the first time in two years. Remember, for more debate, discussion and disagreement with me and Robbie Musto, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts to download the Two Robbies show. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review the show and we'll read out the best reviews on our next podcast. And finally, for me, thanks to all the good folk at Culver City. Couldn't do this without you guys. Yeah, thanks everyone listening to the show and let us know your thoughts through social media. Now, because of college football starting and an upcoming international break, we'll take a couple of weeks off of NBC Sports Radio, but we'll keep going uh, with our regular Two Robbies podcast, reacting to all the big stories as normal in this amazing Premier League. So until then, it's good night from me. Good night from him. Good night. Good night. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.